Welcome back to another case study episode where we break down a specific athlete's improvement and what we changed specifically to help them. Today's athlete is Grant, a super strong cyclist who decided he wanted to try his hand at running. Alarm bells always go off for you, Dad, when someone comes to you with quite a radical shift like this to go from a high-level cyclist to basically a beginner runner is no easy task. And he actually came to you and said he wanted to do the marathon, but you talked him out of that and settled on the half marathon. So take us through that starting conversation. What was this new ambition about and what was the first conversation you had with him um, about what this was going to require? Just a little backstory. Uh, Brandt uh, is uh, an exceptionally talented athlete and over the journey, he has... Uh, been at the highest level. He's won the Australian National Time Trial Championships as a as a time trialist. Uh, he's won uh, quite a lot of uh, road races. Uh, been very successful as a road racer. Won teams time trial uh, Australian titles. Uh, he's also jumped on the mountain bike and gone to Europe and raced at the world titles uh, in a teams event uh, in the, in mountain biking. And his next ambition was to, to be a, a runner. And and so he certainly. Um, loves to play the field of sport and uh when he said a marathon i was sort of taken back a bit because you know he hasn't done a lot of running and and just straight out say a marathon i was thinking well maybe you know let's see how you go with 5k or 10k before we we jump into a half marathon and then you know let's look at a, a marathon down the track and and now he's pretty adamant that uh he wanted we really was enthusiastic about uh just loved the the aura around marathon and just he you know anything that's going to test him and and create some some uh endurance that he has ample amounts of um his fitness base is incredible uh and he was absolutely keen to to pursue the marathon and it took a lot of convincing to to point out that you know if you want to do a a, re- a really good <clears throat> marathon first up then then you need to have a lot more time than you're giving yourself i think this was you know middle of may june sort of thing and the marathon is october so You've really only got June, October, uh, June, July, August, September. You've got literally 16 weeks to train for a marathon. In my opinion, that's just not enough. But anyway, he, he'd entered the marathon <laughs> before talking to me and, um, and found out that when he went to enter that he, it, it closed. It was full. There was no more spots. So he, uh, he entered the half marathon and I was quite relieved we didn't have to pursue that, uh, that conversation any further. Because even a half marathon, 16 to 20 weeks out, is still a big task for a beginner runner. So, I mean, that's that must be said. But, yeah, keep going. We started training uh, that way, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But he did point out to me a couple of weeks later that he was still on the waiting list for the marathon. And he wanted to know whether, if he got accepted, uh, could we switch from the half marathon to the marathon. And, and I just blatantly said, no, that's just that's just not a chance so don't even worry about that and he really was you know i don't care about the time too much i just want to do the experience first up and so as always i'm always going to be on board with whatever my athletes want to do and i'll just try to guide them as best as i can so uh, i said okay if if (laughs) if you get a a spot um, we need to do a couple of training sessions before i would actually let you do that and he goes yeah yeah that's fine what do you got in mind i said well you need to run a 30k um, you know, between now and the next two weeks. And and if you happen to get a, a spot um, from being on the wait list, then we can consider that after you've done this 30K. And and he went out and to be fair, he did a great job of uh, running 30, he ended up running 28K and he was pretty consistent um, and did a great job. I've got to be, uh, give, 
take my hat off to him. He he, uh, he performed quite well. So um, I was a little a little less worried, and uh, but I still tried to give him the voice of reason and said, look, you know, you've got all this work trip stuff where you're going overseas and. Uh, there's so many interruptions to your training uh, where you're going to be jet lagged for a lot of it. You, you know, you want to go skiing during the winter. So let's just, let's just really forget about that. Anyway, he agreed to that and um, we finally got uh, to knuckle down and, and a couple of those longer runs where we'd done, you know, some good uh, two hour and that two hour 30 run. I think that was a really turning point in, uh, in his uh, ability to perform better come October. So it was a really good, a really good uh, discussion to start with about what he should and shouldn't do. And to clarify the timeline there, you didn't say, you weren't saying, um, just in case anyone was confused, you weren't saying go out and do this 30K attempt a few weeks into the program. This was much later towards the back end um, coming up to the race where um, people were getting um, selected spots off the wait list and he had a good base of endurance um, underneath him that you'd been training for. Um, so he was able to cope with that that 30k kind of attempt just to see where, where he was at. That, that that wasn't just off a few weeks of of running because that would be irresponsible. So this is no, was... you're right, George. This is only this is only four or five weeks ago, and he'd already done you know three or four hour forties, hour forty fives, hour fifty two hours, and two hours ten. And so this was a, a jump from there to two thirty. Yep, yep, exactly. So he wasn't a runner, um, so we had no real previous times to go off about what he was capable of, um, but you gave him a practice half marathon uh, in the preparation, again, once he'd kind of really built up his fitness, and he ended up running a, a 145 in that practice marathon, which isn't all out, but that kind of showed where his ability was at, and then come race day, he's run a 135, so we're going to break down that gap and how he managed to achieve this being um, a beginner runner and where you come from because the risk of doing a half marathon program like this and getting to race day fit, healthy and executing like that, there's, there's a lot in that for someone who's relatively new. So coming from a cycling background, how did you transition him to running? What what was the process? Yeah, and knowing that he's got an enormous fitness base for a cyclist, and as as everybody knows from listening to the podcast, uh, sport is specific. It's specific to what if, if you do a lot of you know, cross-country skiing, you'll be quite good at that. And there is a cross-reference from a lot of aerobic uh, endurance sports, but the actual specificity of running compared to cycling or compared to swimming, even though you might have a fit cardio system, um, the nuances and the muscle um, responses are quite dramatic. And you would be incredibly sore if you just started running uh, a full-on running program um, and didn't allow your body to absorb the load, so to speak, as you progress. So so we used his cycling and we continued his cycling training to try to keep his intensity uh, with some uh, training cycling sessions and and just started him with some really easy running. And, you know, he'd done a couple of a couple of runs before he started and we we really started down the track of a little bit of walk running and, and really not pushing him as a runner, but just getting him used to running 20, 30, 40 minute easy runs. Um, once he'd established that he could cope with 20 minutes of running without stopping. Uh, in the meantime, we were still pushing him uh, with some intensity on the bike. Uh, we couldn't do any endurance running because his body wasn't ready for it. So trying to get some two or three hours on the on the bike to keep his endurance going and some some leg strength, uh, some hill 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 work on the bike, some strength work. That was the stuff we did very early in the program until we got to a point where he was able to run fifty minutes, sixty minutes uh, uh, without getting uh, sore and pulling up with with some niggly injuries and. And that worked a treat for the first probably eight to 10 weeks. And, and then the switch happened where we did less riding and more running uh, because his body could cope with it. Uh, and, you know, he's, he's a bit of a, uh, a really good, you know, strong 
uh, athletic type of a guy he's who really looked after himself his whole life so it's not like he's had a period of inactivity he's always wanted to push himself uh, no matter what sport he's selected like i said earlier um, and and so you know his body coped really quickly and and the the bank of fitness that we talk about so much on our podcast um, was made to be realized so quickly here by the fact that he could you know run 50 minutes 60 minutes and 70 minutes without really pulling up sore and and so we were able to progress quite quickly and at no point were we trying to run hard at no point we were just trying to run longer uh, so the duration of his of his running sessions just gradually got longer um and i would say to him you know just run easily run run comfortably enjoy the running enjoy the 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 wind in your in your hair and the sun on your back and and just enjoy the scenery and and you know making sure that uh, we're doing a little bit of intensity still on the bike but but less of that and and just getting his body to adapt to the load and and getting that endurance running in was the key and then we introduced some hills and once you start doing some strength work in your legs as a runner, um, you know, you are going to be able to uh, hold the pace that you want to from start to finish. That is the key reason why the athletes that we coach as runners, as cyclists, as swimmers, they can hold the pace because they've got the strength to. And it comes from these hill repeat efforts uh, that we, we are absolutely banging on about, not only midweek, but on the weekend when you do your endurance run. You slow right down and you just find as much elevation as you can. We've said that many times, but a lot of people still do their endurance run where they've got 40 or 50 metres of elevation instead of 200 or 250 metres of elevation in their run or more. Um, we're not asking you to run hard on those endurance runs, but we want you to get used to running up and downhill. So that your leg strength is the thing that's going to carry you when you're tired at the back end of a 10K, a 5K, a half marathon or a marathon. And it's so noticeable the the athletes who, for example, just competed in the local Melbourne uh, Marathon Festival, which had which had all three disciplines: ten k, half marathon, and marathon. Uh, the guys who had that strength in their in their running were able to hold the pace from start to finish. Uh, of course, execution comes into it as well. If you if you pick the wrong pace to run at, no matter how strong you are, you're going to fade. Um, so as long as your your execution of the plan is right then you will be able to hold the pace. And um, ironically, the the race that he did, it was a, a really average day with wind. Uh, it was a, a bit of a headwind, 10 to 15 kilometres, gusting up to 20 to 30 kilometre headwind for the last 5 or 6K and finished with some hills. Um, so it wasn't the easiest course to actually execute. And if you try to finish with a fast finish, like we try to get a lot of runners to do, this is not the course to do it. And Grant's ability to trust the process uh, from all of his coaching through the years that I've been his coach, um, he's a great listener and he executed unbelievably. Um, so much so that some runners who are way better than him, one of the guys only beat him by a minute and a half and I would have predicted they would have been at least 12 minutes different um, mm. and, and it was purely on execution. We'll talk about the course and execution in a second, but I just want to hone in on the, some of the specifics of those training sessions. So, you know, you said the key was one of the hill interval sessions. What is the structure of that? What did, what did you go to with Grant in terms of length of time, rest and, and volume in those sessions? Yeah, so we really want to warm up well with those hill repeats. So, you know, it starts with a 10 or 15 minute uh, uh, easy uh, warm up where you're r basically running from a really easy pace and just gradually building the pace as you get into the warm-up, as your body starts to react better, the blood flows around a bit better, you start to generally increase the pace. But you're not running 
uh, fast at all. And and a lot of those sessions, I would ask the guys to do a little bit of a, a, a stride out where they're doing 3.30 or 3.20 second efforts where they'd stride out just to pick the pace up so that when they start to run the hill repeats, and these hill repeats are anything to start with from four by two minute hill repeats with an easy jog back down to the start. And the, the average gradient of the hill shouldn't be any less than three percent and it shouldn't be greater than six or seven so somewhere in that range if you can find a hill that goes for two minutes and i'm always uh, telling people to to pick a a marker to start with and start with that point if you're going to use those same hills every time you do that session pick that marker and find out where two minutes is in the first training session and that pick a marker where your end of your two minutes is and that's that's your that's your two minutes from that point on and you get great feedback after six or seven weeks of doing that when you get to get to the the finishing post and you get there in one minute 52 you know because that was a two minute hill repeat when you first did that session and and that's great feedback without even looking at your your pace or or your heart rate you know, you know straight away that you're so much fitter than you were six weeks ago so we do that over a period of weeks where we build from four repeats to five to six then you have a recovery period where you do some testing then you start the next block you do another three uh, blocks of those three sessions where you go, you know, six, seven, and eight, eight repeats, two minutes on, easy jog back. And we're not asking you to run flat out up that hill for two minutes. We're asking you to run where you couldn't have a conversation and at the top of the hill, you're not going to have to fall onto the ground uh, in exhaustion. You can turn around and jog back down comfortably. Um, so we want it to be uncomfortable, but not exhausting. And you want to run similar pace from the first two minute to the last two minute, whether it's the eighth rep or the sixth rep. So that's the, the structure of that session. And then if you can run 10 or 15 or 20 minutes to cool down, depending on how much time you've got. So the session ends up being an hour, up to an hour 20. And the warm up and the cool down are really a part of that to get the actual endurance session out of that that uh, particular session. Um, and so the, the two minute hill strength work is the key. The warm up and cool down is just to get the volume. Mm-hmm, for sure. And you can tell if you stuffed up the execution because on the first effort, you might do two minutes to the pole and then the last effort, it might take you 212 when you're going, oh, you've really blown up and you've really gone too hard in the first one. <laughs> so that's a really good marker for you. So talking about Melbourne Marathon specifically, it was on the weekend, he, he did the half marathon. Uh, he felt really prepared. What do you think the key to that preparation was? And he's obviously got great execution experience as a cyclist and uh, he was ready just to to um, have a great race day. Yeah, I think Grant and I have a great relationship uh, and we had a bit of a phone call um, post-race, which uh, I always love to do with uh, athletes if they want to talk through the race and have a little bit of a post-race analysis. And, and we've often talked in a lot of the podcasts about that victory drive home. Um, and for Grant, this was almost that exact he didn't win the race he was in the middle of the pack um you know it was like a victory to him um for him to run you know pretty much 10 minutes faster than his previous half marathon and even though we predicted that he could probably run a lot faster than that he did in training on race day um but he'd have to do a lot of things well um and boy did he do a lot of things well but but that conversation on the way home was fantastic um it was a bit humbling actually and and you know it's not often that i'm stuck for words because i do ramble on a lot on these podcasts but but uh yeah he look he took me back a bit and um and he just said straight out look i am wrapped with today but i am wrapped um with our relationship over the the five or six years we've been working together there isn't a sport that you haven't coached me to where i haven't been successful at and here i am telling you that i want to be a runner and all of a sudden 
I'm now feeling so confident in my running ability. I cannot wait to do this marathon. And, and I'm super excited. Um, everything you told me that was going to happen, happened. Um, you prepared me the right way. The training was unbelievably accurate. Um, even your race strategy and race plan, um, I felt super com- comfortable the whole way through. And I finished so strong, passing so many runners. And, and I, I just felt exhilaration from from executing with a smile on my face and he said i just want to thank you i'm just so grateful that i've actually met you and i'm part of trivalo and and for me that that's a conversation i'll never forget it's uh yeah it's i've had many of those conversations but um but yeah for someone like that no i never get tired of them and um it it was great and um and look i've got to say back you know you did all the work grant i'm just directing you so um but uh he won't have a bar of that he's just going no just take the take the gratitude please um so that was great and and yeah look i've got to say he followed the race plan to a t um and that was his first ever real competitive proper race i mean he'd done some some local stuff but that was his first big race and and i would have had a lot of expectation that he would struggle to execute because it was a really difficult day there was lots of tailwind where you could run too fast early and lots of headwind when you where you didn't have enough left to finish off and and that takes a lot of discipline to do that and and it was incredible how he went from 445 pace and finished you know 405 pace pretty much yeah um, yeah much better way to run it yeah and if you look at the the pro guys you know um liam adams ran 215 or so when his pb is 208 or 209 um i can't remember exactly off the top of my head but um that shows that it's a it's a bit of a slower course, uh, especially with the wind the way it was that day. You know, the, the winners were all run two fourteen to two fifteen, um, but his indication specifically shows that. And so, for it to be a slower course, um, but for Grant to run so far above his predicted time, uh, really shows his preparation uh, that his body was prepared for it and his execution. And I think your preparation will show in that last three to six k of the half marathon, um, the last eight to ten k of the marathon. Uh, if you are le- less prepared, if your body isn't strong enough, you use that word strength before, um, you will be fading there and you will have a, a much worse time. Whereas he was doing the classic Trivelo thing and coming through the field and getting stronger and stronger and feeling better and better. And um, that is why you are so adamant about you know, doing the training this way and getting your body so well prepared to the point where he could do a solid 28 to 30K training run. Um, that gets you prepared for the, the actual half marathon distance. Yeah, and you know, I keep saying to people, just don't underestimate the strength you get from, from that style of training. And, and it's a boring, repetitive, um, training session, but we're we're not trying to reinvent the wheel. We we just want to use sessions that are going to give us the outcome we want. And you can, you know, you can do one and a half minutes or two and a half minutes or three minutes up to, and still get the same outcome. But, you know, we know that this actually works and we know that running your endurance run, um, at a lower intensity, um, but getting as much elevation as possible. They're the two key sessions. And sure, we did other sessions where we're doing some uh, tempo runs at your half marathon pace that, that also contributed to it. So it's just not those two sessions. Um, and we did lots of other things uh, in the program that helped him as well. But, but if you're thinking about um, trying to improve your, your running capacity and your, your times, you need to get stronger. And the only way to do that is to, you know, do some strength work uh, as a runner and also not as a runner, do some strength work um, in, the, in, in the gym as well. And it's really important to, to get you super, super strong. Um, 
Um, and there's no there's no better way to do it than actually with your running shoes on. Uh, but but the other strength work can contribute. There's so much evidence to tell us that. Yeah. No, it's a great story. It's a great case study. Basically, from walk running 20 weeks ago to a half marathon in 135, which is well above his predicted um, time and pace. And um, yeah, I think it's just a great testament to the type of program that you can uh, achieve and the results you can achieve when you're patient at the start. And a lot of people would make the mistake of not being patient at the start. And then after 16 or 20 weeks, they wouldn't actually get there. So it's a great case study, great story. Um, we love giving you these examples of what people have done specifically, what training we gave them specifically to get the ideal results. So that's it for this week. We'll see you next week for the normal episode and next week's case study as well. Cheers. Cheers.